With the World Health Organization reporting a total of more than 15,000 confirmed, probable, and suspected cases of Ebola virus disease in West Africa, the largest ever Ebola epidemic is far from over. There remains no specific treatment for Ebola and no vaccine against it, although researchers conducting a phase one vaccine study at the NIH recently reported promising results. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Lindsay Baden, Director of Clinical Research in the Division of Infectious Diseases at Brigham and Women's Hospital, and a Deputy Editor of the Journal. And Dr. Baden, can you give us an update on the state of the Ebola epidemic? Where is it being best controlled? Where is it spreading? And what are the factors contributing to those changes? The current Ebola outbreak continues to be ongoing in the epicenter, which is predominantly in three countries in West Africa, Sierra Leone, Liberia, and Guinea-Conakry. The control efforts which have emerged over the last two to three months, in part related to the global response to this outbreak, has had variable success in different areas. Currently, there appears to be some evidence of control occurring in Liberia, while areas of Sierra Leone seem to be losing control. Unfortunately, it's hard to declare a victory or to sit back and relax as this is a very fluid situation and we need to remain vigilant until the epidemic is truly under control in all of the areas, which it is not at this time. In addition to that large outbreak in West Africa, there was a recent outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo. What are the differences between the two outbreaks and why have the courses been different? This is the first outbreak of Ebola Zaire in West Africa. While in the DRC, or Democratic Republic of Congo, which used to be called Zaire, which is where the first outbreak was identified in 76, there have been multiple outbreaks over the last 40 years, uh, and I think this is now the seventh outbreak. And there are several factors probably contributing to control in the DRC including their history of having responded to previous outbreaks, though there is some community understanding of these events. There are policies and procedures in place to diagnose cases earlier, as well as cohorting of potentially infected cases and routine infection control or public health case identification and therefore sequestering to limit further transmission. These probably are all factors which help control it in the DRC in this current outbreak, which went on for about six weeks through at least six generations of forward transmission with about 66 cases. In West Africa, it is a very different circumstance where there is a greater density of population. This is a new infection that is spreading in that area without familiarity with the principles of control, and the spreading has been so rapid and overwhelming that it's overwhelmed the public health infrastructure as we've witnessed the greater than 15,000 cases and at least 5,000 deaths associated with infection to date. Given those problems, how great is the risk that the disease will spread beyond Guinea, Liberia, Sierra Leone? I know that in Mali recently, several cases have been reported. And with international travel being so common, will contagion move beyond the epicenter? We've already seen cases occur outside of the epicenter of these three countries. As you mentioned in Mali recently, previously in Nigeria, Senegal, Spain, and the U.S. The cases in Spain and the U.S. were associated with individuals who contracted the infection while working in the epicenter 
and then subsequently healthcare workers became infected during extremes of illness. These are limited cases that have occurred, though with high publicity. The overwhelming vast majority of cases are in the three countries where disease is out of control, and that really is where transmission is ongoing. Mali is a different circumstance because that is a neighboring country where local mobility has led to introduction of it into Mali, and it is unclear how many secondary cases have occurred and whether ongoing transmission will occur in that manner. Transmission otherwise outside of the region has been quite limited, as I already mentioned. And what's the current standard of care for patients with Ebola virus disease? How much can be done in the clinics in in West Africa and in the clinics that are now being rapidly erected there? I think there are two principles of care. One are the healthcare providers providing care need to be provided with the appropriate equipment to minimize transmission. This is both for their protection, but also to contain further contagion. And it's important to realize the toll that this illness has taken on healthcare workers with a substantial number succumbing to illness in the affected region. In terms of the patients who are infected, what we see is that with appropriate support, such as fluid electrolytes, there seems to be an improved outcome, although these data are anecdotal in nature. But first principles in terms of basic care are important to provide. Time will tell if new therapies will offer benefit, and the data on new therapies are non-existent or, as I mentioned, anecdotal. And then looking at the prevention side, the journal's just published a report on the NIH Phase I vaccine study. How promising do you find the results of that study, and how far are we from a deployable vaccine? Those data are quite important in that they build on preclinical work in the non-human primate model where evidence of protection has been demonstrated. And what these data in a first-in-human study show are a generally well-tolerated vaccine without safety concerns, although the numbers are quite limited at 20 subjects studied, and immune responses which are encouraging with both antibody and T-cell responses. Whether or not these immune responses will ultimately be protective requires uh, properly conducted phase three trials, which are currently being considered. And further development in terms of studying the activity of vaccine constructs in West Africa are critical, as well as demonstrating efficacy of protection. Manufacturing vaccines to scale is also another critical issue in the process to have an actual deployable vaccine But these initial data are quite encouraging and require us to further accelerate the development of these kinds of countermeasures as they will greatly facilitate our being able to control this epidemic if they are shown to be efficacious. And on the treatment front, has there been progress on new agents? There are several new therapies that are being looked at from serum from those who have recovered from infection to direct antiviral therapies to immune agents such as monoclonal antibodies. And conceptually, they're all very encouraging and have strong theoretical reasons why they should be beneficial. However, data demonstrating their efficacy are needed. 
And finally, asking you to look into the future, what are the best predictions about bringing this epidemic under control? As alluded to at the beginning of our talk, the epidemic in the DRC, Democratic Republic of the Congo, was brought under control even with multiple generations of transmission as more than two dozen other epidemics have been. So the techniques required to bring these epidemics under control, we have 40 years of experience. And that includes rapid case identification, breaking cycles of transmission, and vigorous support to those who are infected. And historically, these approaches have worked very well. And what we need is to dramatically ramp up the response in country, in Liberia, Guinea, and Sierra Leone, to bring these tried and true methods of public health into play. And we should be able to bring this epidemic under control as evidence to date suggests we may be. Thank you, Dr. Baden.